You are listening to This is Oklahoma, hosted by Mike Hearn, telling stories of Oklahomans and those that have made it their home. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of This is Oklahoma. Mike Hearn here, your host, back with another episode up in Tulsa today. I'm with Josh Ozaris, who owner operator of the chalkboard restaurant in Tulsa is that right okay owner operator I guess a good way to put it um appreciate your time mate looking forward to to sharing the story and had a wonderful I I did a little blog post about um my stay here uh, a couple of weeks back and I gotta say the ice cream that I had was phenomenal the pralines and cream oh it was so good and like it, it reminded me and and I'm like not I wouldn't say I'm like a classic like foodie, right? I have my wife thinks I have no taste at <laughs> all, right? But and I'm not a great cook. But what it reminded me of, it reminded me of like when I'd go to my granddad's as a kid, he'd give me Werther's originals. Uh-huh. And it reminded me of that straight away. And I'm a huge fan of caramel. Yeah. Or caramel as the US say. <laughs> huge fan of anything with caramel in it. And the ice cream is awesome. I'm like I need and it was quite a big serving I'm like I need more of this yeah right oh it was amazing so I appreciate that yeah it's a go to it's one that's been on the menu actually not even all that long uh, but uh, it's been a hit it's oh, it fun I mean you can't go wrong so with good. homemade caramel you know oh, yeah. candied pecans and totally vanilla bean it. ice yeah, cream I mean, that's made come, in the house coming here for a sit on the patio that's like the, you know yeah. Yes, have a dining experience, but if you just want to come for dessert, it's totally worth yeah. it. You also have to check out our bread pudding. That's kind of one of another one of our signature dishes. Okay. Yeah, I'll have to definitely check that out. I'm a, I do like my sweets. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we're up obviously, you know, we're we're in the in you're located in the Ambassador Hotel. Uh we're in the library today recording and I know you have a really cool story in the family mm-hmm. industry. Uh, the family is in the industry, but back up a little bit like are you born and raised Tulsa like what's what's the story there yeah so I was uh born here in Tulsa uh Hillcrest Hospital and um lived here for it's always been a home my dad has always lived here my aunt lives here in Tulsa um we my parents got a divorce and I we moved off with my mom to southern Illinois for quite some time and then down into uh, Memphis for some time. But okay. Tulsa was always kind of that uh, second home I'd come visit throughout the summers. My father's always been in the restaurant business. Uh, my father's Turkish. Uh, so when he moved to the United States, he uh, started in the restaurant business. Well, mm-hmm. was in high school and then kind of being a foreigner, sure. uh, kind oh, of yeah, gravitated yeah. to the oh, kitchen yeah. and yeah. Uh, <clears throat> really had just been in the restaurant business since. So. Um, restaurants are definitely in myself and my sister's blood, I guess you could say. Uh, we grew up around them. And so moving back to Tulsa uh, back in 2002, 2003, mm-hmm. um, I didn't really know if I was going to, I didn't really expect to get in the restaurant business. Uh, but I knew I had to, I come in, I was washing dishes and just kind of helping out and going to school. I just wanted to change a pace from where I was living in Memphis. So. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, Tulsa's always been uh, kind of that second home. Sure. So. so growing up, were you, did you, you know, did you love being in the kitchen? Like, did mom love being in the kitchen or was that more of like a dad thing? Um, so coming to the restaurants, honestly, as a little kid, uh, moving, or you want know, to come to Tulsa. Yeah. Um, 
you know, my dad was always at, he's more on the fine dining side. So truly going to a restaurant, I was like, can't we just go to McDonald's (laughs) (laughs) and I'd be sitting at a nice restaurant and I'd, you know, fill up way too early on appetizers. And the only thing on the menu I knew was the filet. So I'd order a filet and my dad'd be like, why are you ordering the filet? It's the most expensive thing on the menu. (laughs) But I'm like, it's all I know. And so I've learned to dine at a young age, you know, not just filling up on appetizers and taking my time throughout the meal. And, um, but yeah, uh, Yeah. as far as the kitchen goes and me personally, I always had a pretty good work ethic, uh, kind of going up. My stepdad was a very hard worker. He worked for the railroad. And then on my dad's side, he was always a hard worker. He was always in the restaurants. He always had a job. Um, So I would say work ethic more than passion for kitchen or passion for the restaurant um, was kind of more instilled in me uh, personally. Um, And then later in life is kind of whenever I started. Really wine is what, once I got in the restaurant business and I was working in the kitchen a little bit, Mm -hmm. trying to work my way into the front of the house while still going to school, Uh, Once I got really introduced to wine, that's what really kind of clicked for me and the restaurant business. Nice. So, yeah, it was, you know, growing up in it, you're always around it. But like you said, you probably didn't see yourself being like... Did, well, I guess, did you see yourself being like in your dad's shoes or were you always no, thinking I want to own something rather than like be in the kitchen? Um, I'd always really had outside jobs. So okay. um, coming to Tulsa, working uh, in the restaurant was fairly new to me. I'd always been working at golf courses, working outdoors. Um, so that was a bit of a, a different yeah. side of it. Uh, again, at that time, I was just taking it as a job. I was you know, trying to, I've always put my best foot forward and, uh, at the moment that's what I was doing. So that's what I was going to work hard at. So, mm-hmm. so you came here, you said 2003, you moved to Tulsa. Yeah. So, and you see so you go, you were going to school. Yeah. So like high school and university in Tulsa? Uh, I was just going to, so I was, uh, going to school in Mississippi right outside Memphis, mm-hmm. uh, and decided to go ahead and, uh, just set out that semester move here, mm-hmm. just yeah. change of pace. And so I was just enrolled at TCC mm-hmm. and uh, doing some business courses and uh, working at the restaurant. And one day, I finally, I called up my mom and I was like, hey, I think I'm going to uh, take a semester off to really focus on the restaurant. And she yeah. said, well, it's in your blood. So, yeah. you know, do what yeah, you got to do. It's not like you're like, I'm going to go do something that like none of us have ever done before. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like she's probably more willing to say, yeah, give it a go. I mean, that's exactly. why not? like, you know, you've been learning this stuff. Yeah. It's in your blood. Isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. Um, growing. So you like to play golf too. Oh, well, I, I like to be outdoors <laughs> and every now and again I can hit a ball somewhat yeah. straight. I'm pretty terrible at golf, oh, but I'm a really good drinker. So well, there we go. <laughs> and then that ties into the wine stuff yeah. too. What, I guess what brought you to the wine stuff then? Cause it's quite a hard thing to get into it. Um, like, yeah. Like really into it. Yeah. I mean, I was probably about 20 years old mm-hmm. and at my dad's house when I first moved here, um, and even younger, I mean, there's always wine, red wine, white yeah, wine the at the dinner table. Yeah. Um, and so as I was waiting tables, I found that as a, I liked waiting tables. I've always enjoyed waiting tables okay. just because, especially at a fine dining restaurant, because knowledge is power, more or less, mm-hmm. um, really, with everything in life. But in the waiting table side of it, especially the fine dining side, um, the more you know your wine list, the more you know your menu, the more money you can make. Mm-hmm. And so I found wine, not only I liked drinking it, and it was so interesting to me, but I also found it as power. The more I knew about wine, yeah. the more I can 
make money. I mean, people already have a fascination with wine. So if I can teach them about what they're drinking or what they're ordering or even give them more suggestions, I found that it was... Uh, yeah. money in my pocket so and a real you build a real story around the wine exactly exactly so um, wine really just kind of stood out to me and um, and at a young age um, or younger I guess um, and started drinking it and learning and sitting in on whenever my manager at the time was doing wine tastings or you know trying to build the wine list you always have reps come in and yeah. taste you on the new product or different product and so I started sitting in with them and kind of learning and finding, learning the new varietals. And yeah. all of a sudden it kind of starts clicking like, ooh, I do taste, you know, asparagus in this or I taste cocoa or chocolate or this or that. Sure. As it, you start tasting those things and starting to be able to identify, it uh, really kind of becomes yeah. fun. And then you start learning your varietals and going Cause from Because it, it's, and I know a little bit about it. I'm not, like I said, not big into it. And I, you know, do the whole sniff and the swill and whatever it is. Yeah. But, um it's kind of seen as a, it's always kind of pi- pictured wine as like kind of a weird, like, and I'll say snobby, but it's not that, but I can't, it's kind of what I mean, but not in that way. It's just, if some, some older people in the wine world can just look down on normal humans who yeah. might drink Bud Light, or whatever, yeah. right? Or I guess as you get more familiar with wine, mm-hmm. you kind of stop drinking the crap wine, right? Yeah. Uh, the sweeter wine or this or that. So, uh, I have friends that probably like yeah. close friends anyways, cause nobody really cares about what I'm doing, but, yeah. uh, that are kind of like, wow, you're drinking a little bit more expensive wine, but it's like, ah, I just don't want to. Right. Yeah. I, like, I don't want to waste my, if I'm going to enjoy a glass of wine Yeah. and at my old age, putting on calories, I'm going right. to put on with good wine. <laughs> yeah. I, I play a golf tournament, uh, down in Arizona every year. And the guy that we go stay with and play with down there, he's a huge wine fan. And I know I've never been a wine drinker. But when I go with him and we stay there, I will drink wine yeah. in his house because I know that he is. It's gonna be good I don't wine. ask how much the ball is. Yeah. I just know he's like, do you want a glass? Like, so you do like yes. wine. So I do like wine because <laughs> I, I trust his He's like the right wine. Yeah. My, I tell people yeah. all the time, I'm like, I think that there's a wine for everybody. Yeah. Uh, it's hard to say I don't like wine because mm. there's so many different flavors, whether it be white wine, red wine, or sweet wine, sure. dry wine. Yeah. Um, you just hadn't found the right one. That's what it is. Yeah. And I haven't, I haven't spent the time to find the right one. And I think, you know, when you're, when you're younger and, and like, you know, you're going out on a night out, you just, the, the girls may grab a bottle of wine and the guys always grab a case of beer or whatever yeah. it is. Right. And, you know, you may have like, my have a younger brother and he was on a sports team back home and they had this crazy thing that they would do. And I'm, there's, there's plenty of these stories, but what they would do is they would, duct tape two bottles of wine two balls of wine one yeah. to each hand and they couldn't do anything until they drunk those balls of wine that's, I mean, that's a rough like, go that's a right yeah we, i know. mean i've heard the the 40s on each hand yeah but this is like ball of red and yeah. i'm just like that sounds <laughs> horrific to me yeah, that, that's not I mean, enjoying wine yeah that's, you're 18 to 21 you can do whatever you want kind yeah. of thing in in college but that's like i think most people's like most people's probably growing up especially if they're under 30 like that's probably like the younger view of wine is because it's not paired with a meal it's not yeah. it doesn't go with this they don't taste the you know the chocolates or the asparagus whatever it is uh, unless you really dive into it well and most of the time that wine's gonna be a lot sweeter yeah. and 
you know, it's a sugary, five dollar yeah, bottle of wine. It's a, yeah, it's a, it's <laughs> yeah. a Boone's Farm, or yeah, that's their, and that maybe what they liked, and then yeah. I got that. But, so, do you, do you really dove into like? Do you have the? It's Somali. So, so do you have that? I've got my first level Somali. Okay. Uh, we got it back, and me and my buddy Tracy, who's been in the restaurant business mm-hmm. at the chalkboard with me as well, uh, we both got it in uh, 05. Yeah. And uh, but honestly, it if I had to do it again, I'd still probably do it. But it really um, kind of set me back on as far as. Not really sent me back. I passed, and uh, but it kind of stressed me out. Okay. Uh, I put a lot of pressure into myself into doing well. Um, I already had a lot of wine knowledge, but um, after the test, it kind of just made it not fun anymore. Um, so I stopped drinking wine f- really for a while. I mean, I was yeah. doing it for my job. Uh, by that time, I was writing wine lists and stuff like that for a restaurant called The Garlic Rose that we had. Mm-hmm. But... Um, I kind of just took a step back. I didn't stop drinking. Yeah. But I kind of helped open. It like, became a job, not It became a job. So yeah. I started uh, kind of diving into scotch a little bit more, which I found scotch super interesting as well. Um, and kind of educating myself on that with scotch. Um, you know, it's very much like depending on the region is what you're getting in flavors and the, and the terroir and stuff like that. So I really um, kind of broadened my horizon, I guess, on that side of it. Um, yeah. So if it wasn't for the psalm test, I yeah. might not have gotten into scotch as much. But. Right. So you back up a little bit. You, you, you know, you graduate from going to college or whatever and then what you know you're still waiting tables you know you found this love of wine where do you go from there um from there it was really um i'd started at that point working more at night uh kind of honing in on service side of it learning how to uh wait tables and how to uh bartend at that point i kind of just started really being a sponge and that's something that uh i try to tell a lot of people in life is you know just don't let things pass you by. If you're in a job, you know, sponge every bit of information. I don't care if you do the job one day or if you're doing it for, you know, 50 years. Sponge sponge that information up. Make it worth your time. So really, I just kind of took it as a uh, an opportunity to sponge up as much as I could as a, as a server or if I was back in the kitchen, I'd kind of pick up wherever uh, in those early days. Um, and then with my managers, I kind of just sat there and watched what they did and, and how my senior waiters, the people who had been working uh, for my father a long time, mm-hmm. uh, kind of see how they interacted with their tables and how I could apply my own spin and yeah. really just trying to be the best I yeah. could be. So, so at this point, you're working at Dad's restaurant? Yeah, yeah. So I was working for my father. Uh, at that time, he had a restaurant called The Garlic Rose, which is over on Brookside. Mm-hmm. And then uh, he had the chalkboard mm-hmm. at that time. And uh, so I had left the chalkboard to go work over at Garlic Rose yeah. And um, I worked there as a daytime server, and then I'd work split shift and do night as well. Mm-hmm. And then eventually kind of started uh, working my way into like an assistant manager role. My father was uh, not real, not tough on us because we were pretty good kids. I mean, we just kind of worked sure. and did our thing for him. Yeah. Uh, but he was pretty strict in that sense. Uh, didn't really treat us like his kids or anything like that. And we didn't want it that way. Yeah. I mean, we called him Ihan. We weren't like, hey, dad. Yeah. Uh, but, and that just wasn't our style anyways. So it's, that's the foreign upbringing. Yeah. yeah. And so we very much, you know, paid our dues and, uh, you know, worked hard. And I always felt like I had something more to prove than anyone else. Right. Being that my dad was, uh, the owner of the restaurant yeah. and we weren't even all that close in the beginning. Uh, I kind of moved here, me and my sister, who's my business partner now are super close. Uh, her name's Shannon. 
and um, we've always been very tight and um, kind of ran in the same crowd of uh, friends throughout life, really. Yeah, that's special. But, uh, yeah, and so uh, moving here was not only to get away from Mississippi and Memphis area, yeah. uh, but to um, really be around her and then to get to know my dad a little bit. So yeah. uh, nothing was really, like, there was no, like, clear path, like, if I... Sure get in the restaurant business one day I'll own a restaurant like yeah. that wasn't my goal by no means it was really just to kind of figure things out yeah so. and it, it's you're, you're right it, like it's on it is harder when your dad owns or your, it's like the coach's son yeah thing, exactly right? like he's harder on you because he has it's like he has and he to can. set an example <laughs> and he can't yeah. you're right yeah but he has to set like he doesn't want anyone else to think that you are getting it in front of somebody else. Exactly. Right? Like, exactly. Uh, Especially not knowing the business. So yeah. really, I felt like I had a little bit more to prove. And uh, so I just really kind of tried to take mm-hmm. the next guy's job knowing that. And again, at that point, owning a restaurant really wasn't big on my mind. I was still yeah. in my early 20s and uh, trying to make thinking? some money. And, yeah. and what else do you think other than wine? Uh, I mean, at that point, my appreciation for food started coming along. Yeah. And, I mean, at that point, I was thinking, make some money, go out and have some fun, meet mm-hmm. some girls. And yeah. that was my you, main focus. You, <laughs> and you, you and you just kind of like, oh, well, just seeing how this time of life is going to go. Yeah, and you yeah. really didn't have much, I guess, direction. No, not really. Um, I mean, I bought my first house at 23. Mm-hmm. Um, so I knew I was starting to kind of just become an adult and sure. kind of enjoy freedom of living on my own and getting to know where I'm going to fit in in this world. Yeah. Uh, so that's kind of, okay. I think, that part of it. Um, it wasn't until about my mid-20s, whenever I started taking over uh, the, more of the GM mm-hmm. responsibilities of the Garlic Rose and some of the restaurants, that I really kind of was like, okay, this is, I can kind of yeah. admit that this is going to be my career slowly kind of still it's you know you're kind of hanging on to that innocence of like i'm still just hanging on i'm still here i'm getting you know and then you progress up and up and up you're like oh this is actually my career now yeah especially i mean after my after and you know i'd already had the psalm under my belt and then started working my way into like general management and really kind of started making a name for myself Mm -hmm. personally as a manager, as a restaurant guy in this town, and yeah. and uh, some of the peers, making friends with some of the chefs around town, and, and a lot of the older Tulsa, Tulsa's culinary and mm-hmm. restaurant side is very much a tight-knit community, okay. but really started making friends and getting to know the people throughout this community and being part of that community. Yeah. Um, at that point, I was like, okay, I think I, this is... Where yeah. I'm, from. I'm not going to be going back to school. I'm not going to be yeah. uh, trying to pursue any other job at this point. I'm going to work on my, you know, yeah. craft. I guess you could say. Did you think about going back to school? Was there is is there like another passion that you have that could have tugged uh, you away? To be honest, no. And I mean, no. that's kind of I kind of came here without a whole lot of direction in which way mm-hmm. I wanted to go. I just knew I could whatever I put my mind to, I'd be sure. fine at. I'm a hard worker. Yeah. Um, but no, not really. I mean, yeah. I. I never liked school in the first place, so it wasn't like I, you know, my sister enjoyed the, that side of it, where yeah. I was kind of, and we've always kind of been the yin, yin to yang. So mm-hmm. um, that really wasn't my first goal was to sure. go back to school if things got bad. You know, I don't know. I yeah. didn't really have too much of a game plan. Did, did, so you said you, know, you and your sister are super close, and and you kind of been in the same area and same group of friends growing up mm-hmm. so does she have the same story as you do like following into the restaurant <clears throat> and serving tables and um not really so whenever we left southern illinois uh my eighth grade year going into high school we moved down to memphis mm-hmm. 
and she left to go off to college. So really, okay. we didn't live together since or really all that whole time. So she mm-hmm. finished. She went to Murray State, Kentucky, and so I was in Mississippi or Memphis, right on yeah. the border of Tennessee. And so um, after she finished college, she uh, and same deal. We both come and visit my dad, but mm-hmm. she left college and uh, finished college and moved to Tulsa. And really being, having the college degree, being a little bit older, mm-hmm. she kind of just stepped right in as a management. And she's always been, you know, very responsible. Business-minded. Yeah. yeah. She stepped right in as a management, uh, even system manager or manager, That's and true. helping out uh, on that end to where whenever I moved here, I already kind of knew, being like 19, 20 years old, I was yeah. like, I, I wanted to start in the kitchen because I was like, I don't want to be management or anything like that. I want to... Sure kind of earn yeah, my stripes yeah, yeah. And, get, and, and you get more respect that way exactly yeah. exactly so with her being i think the female and the yeah. oldest she kind of already kind of yeah. stepped right in and was able to earn respect through that angle where mm-hmm. i felt like as the the guy i kind of yeah. had to and the younger brother and I the guess. younger brother yeah. and kind of following second now i'm the second kid to move here and yeah. get in the business so i had a little more to prove so okay cool so uh, you know tell tell me a little bit about like when when dad gets the dad get is has the chalkboard at the time and then also the other one you, you mentioned too yeah so uh, I think back in so the chalkboard kind of comes from uh, it was opened up in uh, 76 mm-hmm. by a gentleman named John Phillips and uh, John Phillips uh, kind of created the chalkboard in the bottom of this at that time it wasn't a hotel I don't believe yeah it was like a boy's home right? yeah, yeah. Uh, and the building itself was in pretty bad shape yeah um, so he opened the chalkboard and really had a, um, started getting a good name as a fine dining restaurant in Tulsa. And I think he had it through like the early eighties and then it closed down. Mm-hmm. And then from there, I think it did turn into another restaurant, but it yeah. must not have been that great because nobody knows right. what the name was. Yeah. Uh, but then the building just completely, I think just became dilapidated. Yeah. So, uh, whenever the Paul Core came along and refurbished it in the late nineties. Uh, he had, Paul told me the story that he ran into John mm-hmm. and said, wouldn't it be cool if we opened up the chalkboard again? Yeah. And at the time John was living in like California or something. He was like, let's do it. So he, um, had it for one year after the opening. And then my father at that time was working at another restaurant mm-hmm. and they connected and John was ready to go off and do what John does. Yeah. And my dad stepped in as, and bought the restaurant from him. Oh, so, that's awesome. Yeah. So you've had, so it's been in the family for, so, a, yeah, for quite some time now, yeah. 20 years. Yeah. So, and so when, when did you and your sister step in then? Shannon came in one and then I You're came in, in like oh three. Okay. Yeah. So, so you've always kind of just for the last 20 or almost 20 years, you've been in and around this restaurant. Yeah. 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 Seen I everything. can definitely say I know this property. Yeah. Like the back of my hands. That's so cool, though, yeah. isn't it? To have that history behind yeah. it and have and the ups and downs and things. Even like last night, I was bartending uh, and, you know, somebody, because uh, I don't like to say that I'm the owner. Uh, yeah, I just yeah. kind of make it look like I'm a manager or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I go, oh, how long have you worked here? I was like, oh, since like 03. Yeah. He's like, oh, wow. <laughs> how old are you? Yeah. <laughs> like, wow, really? Yeah. You're still here? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, because that's. Uh, that's but, super cool. Yeah. So, uh, Jogboard's been a great restaurant. Uh, then about in O... So, I think in O one or O two, uh, my father had opened Garlic Rose over mm-hmm. on Brookside. And uh, so, it opened... It was open about a year before I yeah. went over there. Or maybe two years. Mm-hmm. And uh, I love that little... It was an Italian restaurant. It was fun. Right there on Brookside. Yeah. And... Um, 
we uh, we had a great staff and really kind of rock and rolled. Yeah. Um, but after, so me and my sister got the restaurant in 2012. We mm-hmm. bought it from our father. Um, and then at that point, uh, he was ready just to kind of step step back. And sure. so we kind of came to the front, went to Paul Corey and said, hey, would you be interested in uh, going into business with mm-hmm. me and Shannon? He said, of course. So yeah. kind of carried on our relationship and we're able to carry on the restaurant. Um, about that same time, we made the decision, or really my father and us made the decision to close the sure. uh, garlic rose. He was down. happy to just be done. Yeah. He wanted his yeah. time. Yeah, well, and the garlic rose at that time, it kind of ran its course. People miss it, but uh, the building needed a lot of work, and his sure. lease was up, and it was something that we didn't really want to carry on Yeah. at that point, uh, especially being young in this business. Sure. So uh, we kind of put all of our focus, me and Shannon, on the chalkboard. And yeah. really from day one, um, you know, when my father had the restaurant, chalkboard was always kind of the flagship. But at that point, he even had a, two other restaurants uh, on top of that. So it was almost kind of uh, chalkboard made the money and did good, but didn't get like the love that sure, it probably should have, sure, like, yeah. you know, just updating facial type stuff. So yeah. from day one, me and Shannon got in and we knew we wanted to do things a little different. And, um, so right off the bat, we were able to start replacing things, kind of updating things. Um, at that point, the restaurant, you know, was a 12, 13 year old restaurant. The right. equipment was starting to go south. And yeah. so it was a little bit of a burden on us, but that yet again, we knew it would help our longevity. And so we would always set aside usually during like July time and, uh, and do some kind of update. And so Paul kind of got on board with that as well, especially whenever they started in 13 Mm -hmm. to bring on the autograph series. Um, and so we kind of tit for tat. He was like, okay, you guys redo this, this, and we'll do, I'll do this, this. And, so it sounds was, like uh, a great person to be in business with. Yeah, Paul's been great, um, and uh, you know, working with him and and being able to carry on yeah. the property is already a beautiful property. But he's been a great owner uh, of the hotel and and a good business partner, and we've just had a good working relationship. Yeah, tell me about I guess the kind of like the the dining experience. Has it changed much? Like the goal of the dining experience changed much, or was it still kind of what it was? Like when you your dad. You had it when I, you worked here when I, as a kid. I think 100% it's changed. Okay. Um, you know, back chalkboard in 2000, 2001, mm. definitely was a little bit more fine dining. And I think dining in general in Tulsa yeah. for sure what was acceptable to that. I mean, it was the, you come there for business dinners, yeah. birthdays, special occasions. And, you know, you had the servers with the white uh, shirts, the white aprons. Yeah. And it was just a little bit more of that fine dining kind of atmosphere, mm-hmm. slow, slower paced. Yeah. Um, I don't, we've, we did try to hang on to that for quite some time, but I think this day and age, people just aren't looking for that. Right. Except for, I mean, you can still get people coming in for their birthdays, holidays, sure. but to be, to survive, I think at this day and age, you've got to be a little bit more relaxed, a little bit more yeah. I mean, heck, the most popular restaurants in the U.S. right now are those fast casual, yeah. uh, where they're almost dining, uh, ordering at a counter and food's coming to them, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, it's definitely changed. Yeah. It's, definitely it's, changed. It, it's more, like you said, the, the fast casual. It's more, it's, it's more of not having a certain strict, like not having to feel like you have to come here dressed up. Yeah, right? dressed up, or it's going to take two hours yeah. to dine. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And having, you know, it's, but still having a great experience, just not with that classic, like, 
exactly. fine dining. So yeah. as we've updated the restaurant, we've kind of gone with a little bit more, just more of our style, I guess you would okay. say. We took down like a lot of the awards that were on the wall and stuff like that. The chalkboards won over the years and just kind of cleaned it up very, we're both, our styles are very Mm -hmm. clean and simple. And so, uh, it was really just kind of simplifying taking, you know, there was wine bottles in the windows and a lot of clutter. So just really kind of cleaned that up, kind of modernized it, a lot of modern art, um, you know, and then just kind of painted the restaurant a little bit more of a neutral color. Mm -hmm. And just kind of tried to make it more clean, simple flow, make it very comfortable for people to come in and then appeal more to the younger crowd. Um, We've gotten a little bit more aggressive with the menu, not the same old menu you'd get every, you know, season. Uh, We change that up seasonally and just kind of really tried to progress chalkboard uh, with the times. Yeah, yeah. Uh, And I'm sure it's been fun, like, pairing your wines with the meals and the steaks or whatever it is. Like, it's... uh, you know, and I had the I had the burger, the, the cheeseburger, which was super awesome. Uh, I just had a terrible round of golf, and I was just like, I just want a double cheeseburger right now. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then the ice cream was like the icing on the cake. It was amazing. The uh, uh, the burger is phenomenal, and uh, even just having a burger on the menu, you know, yeah. on the dinner menu, that wasn't really something we ever would do, and it would really kind of struggled. Right. We'd always had the burger, but. Um, actually putting it on the menu was one of those it was a big decision like do we want to have a burger on the menu and and so we've done a lot of that product testing and Mm -hmm. and with whatever chef i have in i'm very much involved where shannon kind of stays more on the financial side and like we're all in the restaurant managing different shifts and stuff like that but she really kind of focuses more on the the financial side to where i focus where i sit down with the chefs and the and the management and really kind of day-to-day operations yeah and then my role has also kind of um, uh, gone into the catering side as yeah. well. Yeah, and not, not just like lunch and dinner. You guys do breakfast too. So our restaurant's a beast. Yeah. Uh, we do all the food and beverage throughout the hotel. We've got two private rooms, mm-hmm. and then uh, we're breakfast, lunch, dinner every day of the year. So yeah. uh, there's really no time to like, okay, we're gonna have, we have Mondays off. We can kind of regroup or clean the restaurant and then start back on Tuesday with us. Yeah. It's just a constant grind. One shift's got to set up the next shift for success. Mm-hmm. And then you add caterings on top of that. And then offsite caterings on top of that. Sure. Uh, yeah. It, it, it draws to a lot of different crowds. It, it definitely does. Yeah. And it's, I mean, we've kind of set ourselves up like that where that's, you know, mm-hmm. being open breakfast, lunch, dinner, on the flip side, uh, on the negative side, it creates a lot of overhead. Right. Uh, so if you're not busy for breakfast and lunch, mm-hmm. uh, you know, if you got all this overhead and now dinner's got to make up for the lack of that. And so right. again, where other restaurants can focus on just two courses and do it the best, yeah. we've got to still focus on making sure quality for, sure. you know, all, all, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thr- all those shifts plus, it's quite a headache. Yeah, yeah I'm sure. <laughs> right, which is probably why you're super glad to have your sister involved too. Yeah. She's like the numbers yeah. and business side of things and, and, too. And Tracy as well. Uh, yeah. Like I said, I mentioned him. He's, he's the GM of the restaurant and he's been with us since 01. Yeah. We, I mean, we really don't have a whole lot of turnover. We really... my Something was whenever I got brought onto the restaurant and then something that we've all kind of carried it on is yeah. just that family atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Once you're in the restaurant and you're brought on as part of the team, you yeah. become part of that family. Um, 
And so Tracy's been with us since 01. Yeah. We've got a lot of uh, servers that have been with us for 10, 12, 14 years. Yeah. Which is not common in the right. re- in the service yeah. industry, is it? But they've really become kind of family. Yeah. And, um, and we treat them like family. And we, yeah. we expect that same, you know, respect. And, uh, right. and it's been a good relationship. And you build a really helped. good team that way. Exactly. And that's what's, that's chalkboard. Yeah. It's not so much the food that's coming out of the kitchen, which I mean, ultimately it is, but... Um, all of our regulars, the people with the hotel, I mean, and that's a cool part of chalkboard as well with mm-hmm. the uh, hotel side. I mean, we've had guests that have been coming since early 2000s yeah. that know me and Shannon and Tracy and Casey and all these people that have been in the restaurant. And we, I mean, heck, some of them have, yeah. there's a couple that went to our wedding, me and my wife's wedding and Shannon's wedding as yeah. well. Uh, I mean, that's kind of how cool the clientele is that's and special. what we've built. So, yeah. Um, so, especially yeah. being on one property for so long, people just get to know you. Right. So. Uh, you said you mentioned you have two event rooms. Yeah. Tell me about those. So, we've got a uh, larger event room, holds about 50 people. Okay. Uh, well, 60 people. I like 50, 50 is like my sweet spot, but 50 mm-hmm. to 60 people. And then I've got another room uh, that holds up to about 14 more kind of. Uh, 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 boardroom style. Sure. And then actually this room, the library, I've started yeah. renting out for co- uh, private rooms as okay. well. So uh, I guess technically I have three completely yeah. private rooms. Um, but it's, uh, with us being a business-driven hotel, yeah. uh, it's definitely had the niche. Plus we we don't really have like a, a arts and arts district sure. right here where we are. So yeah. around us are a lot of businesses. Yeah. And so from Helmer campaigns to CBREs, they all are the ones that are coming over and utilizing my businesses. And I've built relationships with them as, uh, or using my private space, uh, for business, uh, built relationships with them and I'm able to, uh, do, I mean, we've got a whole catering department where we take care of them for, they come in breakfast. We have beverage stations set up in the room, uh, they either come down to the restaurant or we bring food up to them. Yeah. Um, and so full service. Yeah. Then after they finish up, they can come down to the bar for happy hour. Yeah. And then, uh, with them staying in the hotel, it becomes multiple day events. And yeah. so throughout Tulsa, we've built great relationships with many companies mm-hmm. and, uh, have been able to take care of them on the catering side. Yeah. And then once me took over back in 2012, we really kind of progressed onto offsite caterings okay. to where, you know, weddings for two, 300 people. Yeah. Uh, but not only like weddings, we do stuff with like volunteers of America. We do their big, uh, event every year. Um, and then also, uh, any charity events, yeah. uh, we're big with, um, Cancer Treatment Center of America. Yeah. So I'm over there a lot. I'm very familiar with their facility. They, I come in and kind of make it very turnkey for them. So, yeah. Is that the catering side of things, is that something like the business and your dad's always kind of done too? Or was that something that you guys like tackled? They had it, but they weren't super aggressive with it. Sure. Uh, I definitely got, I found passion in the catering. Okay. Uh, and so I really kind of devoted a lot of my time into building that business. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the sales side of it. Um, which has kind of been my theme going through. I liked when I was waiting on the table, waiting tables. I really liked the sales side of it, being able to yeah. make the sale, being able to uh, talk to the people and, and build relationships. Yeah. And so same on the catering side, I was able to build the relationships and keep delivering good food and sure. good service. And it must be a different kind of rush feeding 200 people 
for like a big wedding or an event or something knowing that like you are the ones in charge of all this food rather than just feeding two people at a table yeah I think uh, well and I think in general I think that's kind of I, I definitely get a weird mm-hmm. rush out of a busy night in the restaurant where yeah. things are you're multitasking things are going and you're about to catch you know things are about to sink like the Titanic but yet you're keeping it afloat and I always look at the the restaurant and rather it be a catering or the restaurant I always look at it as like a board okay and as a manager or as an owner you have to look at at that anytime where's that board bending and that's mm-hmm. kind of where you go to uh, relieve the pressure okay um, and so that's kind of the fun thing I always yeah. say that as a manager you're kind of the wolf off of uh, off of uh, Pulp Fiction, you okay. know, you just fix things. Yeah, <laughs> you don't know. You, I talk fast and I work fast. So <laughs> yeah, and by the time you fix it, nobody knew. Yeah, nobody no. knew that anything no. was going wrong. Anyway. Yeah. Um, I guess for I mean current times, this is just a weird time for a restaurant industry, right? Like it's been really hard, I'm sure, to just figure things out, pivot, and it seems like because you have a small team, I assume that it's really easy to move fast and be able to pivot to the times. Yeah, I mean, you hope that you're moving fast enough and pivoting yeah. right, and uh, this is such a weird climate. Um, it's a, again, there's so many like good and bad to having a restaurant at the bottom yeah. of a hotel because right now the hotel's been super slow because all business travels come sure. to a complete stop. Mm-hmm. Uh, where during the weekdays we could be bit just as busy on a Monday Tuesday as we were on a Friday Saturday. Right. Where right now that business travel is completely gone, so we are seeing more mm-hmm. of a weekend rush than we are during the week. So yeah. really navigating the waters uh, around us, like I said, we're mainly around businesses. Mm-hmm. So on a normal in a normal world we'd be getting a lot of foot traffic walking over for lunch sure. uh, or breakfast meetings to where that's just no longer yeah. there so well, and you guys reached the patios recent right so, so yeah you put that in yep very so recently. again going back with paul kind of the he do a few things we do a few things sure. so the year before we had uh, retiled the whole restaurant mm-hmm. and uh, he was like you know what if you guys take care of this then uh I'll put a patio patio on for you, and yeah. so we're, it's something we've talked about for a long time because we had this patio space, but it the down Main Street, super windy. It just wasn't sure. We weren't able to really utilize it like we could, and so we knew that it'd be beneficial for him to be able to mm-hmm. put this on because it's money in his pocket as well as ours. So yeah, yeah it's um, really good. Yeah, and so he too, yeah, so he sun. went and uh, Paul doesn't really ever do anything half-ass I guess you'd say he really went in and uh, put together this awesome patio for us and so we've been able to utilize it and it's beautiful and one of my biggest things in Tulsa a we get we do have the weather for patios but there's nowhere to go and have a really good meal there's like maybe one or two restaurants to have a nice meal that's not a sports bar or anything like that and enjoy yourself on a patio so I that was always a goal of mine was to be able to create that atmosphere and uh, I think we knocked it out of the park with this yeah. patio. Yeah, definitely. Because when I, when I sat when I had my meal, I sat on the patio and just looking at the like the people around me, there was a kid sat to my left who was just he'd cycled here and he was with his mum, mm-hmm. and you know he was and like you said, being the casual thing, like he was on his bike, he was not dressed like mm-hmm. a fine dining experience would be dressed. Yep. Um, and then right behind him was uh, a couple on a date and they were dressed. They were out on a date night, right? Yeah. So they were out for a date experience. Yeah. And, and like, that's, you know, being great to do what you do and having that diverse crowd and being, 
you know, not just tied to one type. One niche. You know, yeah. one and niche. that was something that, you know, I got tired personally of coming in wearing a tie. Yeah. We always used to wear slacks, tie, you know, button up shirt. Old. And I was just like, I'm tired of it. Yeah. And so gradually we stopped wearing the tie. We were still wearing the button up shirt and mm-hmm. slacks. And, and then really after COVID or during COVID, we were really like just sat down and we said, hey, you know, we don't know what this is going to be. But also with this new patio, it's really kind of a a resurgence and it's an opportunity to create a little bit, again, cooler atmosphere for us. Our bar is already really cool. The dining room is very casual or very uh, comfortable, Mm -hmm. not really casual, but very comfortable. Um, And then we knew this patio would create kind of very much a diverse crowd, whether it be younger, older, and not everybody wants to dress up. So we really kind of embraced like wearing, like as managers wearing the polos, we took the servers out of ties um, and just kind of creating a comfortable atmosphere with a hotel above us. We have people coming down anyways and really wearing whatever. Uh, So there's no dress codes or anything. So really just kind of progressing the restaurant one more step to being... um, just a little bit more with the times. Yeah. So I guess with, you know, with, with just like being in it now, I mean, like it's almost 20 years. It's, I'm sure it's gone by super fast. Like what do, what, what would you say, I guess is like some, what some of your like proudest moments and proudest days? Um, you know, I have to say there's been so many, yeah. uh, this restaurant has brought a lot of joy to, especially, I mean, Whenever I'm doing it with my sister um, and Tracy, our, uh, who's you know I was in his wedding, he was in my wedding. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we just truly we're like brothers. Uh, so having those two doing this with me, um, there's been many moments. I mean, uh, just from and simple like knocking out a party of like 350 people plated. Uh, afterwards, just being like, dang man, that was yeah. so stressful, and we killed it. And having customers come up and or the people that you just put it on like oh my god that was so awesome you know i think that that's maybe one of the most gratifying things is having the clientele that we've built relationships come to us and tell us how great things were this or that or how much they appreciate you um because i think no matter what i'd be working hard and i just don't know if you get that direct satisfaction um you know whenever you do a good job and and somebody um it always feels better coming from somebody else right especially when you've been like i've been busting my ass and like i know that we're doing great but our feedback isn't good yeah and that there can't be anything worse than that and then somebody comes in and be like i've been coming here like for the last 10 years you guys consistently crush it yeah keep it up kind of thing yeah you know you're on the right path so I think whenever it comes like moments, I mean, we could go on. I mean, ha- holidays, we've had some very great, successful days throughout. I mean, we've pushed our holidays. Uh, so on, we normally have breakfast, lunch, dinner, we're off the menu. Uh, you come in and you really kind of get to pick the gambit of the, okay. of the menu. But on um, Thanksgiving, Christmas Day... Mm-hmm. Easter and Mother's Day, we do a large buffet in the lobby of the hotel. Or oh, wow. We did anyways yeah. before for COVID. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it was always a huge day for us. So, like, Christmas yeah. Day, I mean, we'd have 300 people coming through our buffet. And yeah. So those are stressful days, especially with such a small kitchen and such... We don't have a whole lot of space. But, I mean, we'd have seating in every private room down in the restaurant yeah. and it really is a uh, a fun atmosphere and and very energetic at i mean there's a lot oh, of energy yeah. throughout the whole place um and it's all hands on deck and so um those are 
pretty proud moments after the end yeah. of those days whenever you know you've made good money and you know you've taken care of all your guests and yeah um so but do you do you like prefer i guess the catering side or do you prefer like the individual experience like as from a, from like your not not like a from, from a serving side yeah oh uh, from like a serving side yeah yeah like do you like what do you um, prefer Obviously, it's a little easier to do a smaller sure. couple top, but I don't know. I, I I really like the position I'm in, mm-hmm. to be honest with you, because I get a little bit of both. Yeah. Uh, I think if I was just doing catering, large parties, I would get burnout doing it yeah. um, because there's so much work involved to do those. Mm-hmm. Um, but once it's going, again, you're kind of the general, you're, you're conducting people, sure. you're either in the kitchen helping knock out you know, the plating or you're out serving wine and, yeah. and clearing plates. I'm very hands-on no matter where I'm at. Mm-hmm. Um, but if, or if I stuck doing nights every night, yeah. I think same deal. I'd be so burnt out and done, you know, I've, I've been there, I've done yeah. that and I, I have gotten burnt out just working nights. It just becomes such a, the restaurant can be so repetitive where you mm-hmm. sleep in a little bit later and you get up, you go manage and there you're there till, you know, one, two in the morning. Yeah. You're trying to unwind, you have a couple of drinks, sleep in, and you just become repetitive. So mm. um, it can definitely be a, a, a beast in that side yeah. of it, too. So I, I think I'm happy to be able to do, and now I've got a family, so managing my family plus sure. running a restaurant, and um, it definitely it yeah, yeah, yeah. creates. Yeah, that makes sense. And I, I, I worked a little bit in the restaurant industry as a kid, and like, you know, cleaning, cleaning plates or washing dishes, whatever it is. Like, but and I saw my managers they were just like I've worked like yeah, like I said nights for the last four days and yeah. like I need a break yeah. I need to go unwind like and not be here yeah uh, what's it like when you travel and like go to different like are you is it hard for you to go to a new to go to a restaurant when you travel and just not like pick things Crit- off like, yeah no not really because I'm such a laid back person and sure. I think that's why I'm good in this business is because mm. I'm pretty laid back I mean I definitely can yell and get you know yeah. angry but um, but I'm, I'm I'm able to separate when I'm not at work or when I go home yeah uh, I can check myself at the door and as soon as I walk in I'm dad I'm all about my family I don't bring my work yeah. home with me and same when I come to work I don't bring my family stuff with me mm-hmm. I'm here I check it at the door Um, whenever I'm off and I'm out enjoying, um, I don't really, I mean, I could sit there, but it just stressed me out if I, so I try to really try to just close it out and enjoy, you know, um, so no, not really. I do base pretty much my life, Mm -hmm. me and my wife, uh, kind of base our lives around food. I mean, whenever, rather be our daily meal what well, we love cooking i proposed sure. her in the kitchen uh, oh awesome uh, in, in, in at my house oh okay no yeah, yeah not yeah. in this kitchen that'd yeah. be terrible <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but we truly i mean we're always like what do we have for dinner like yeah. uh, days off we break, make breakfast together um and whenever we're traveling it's definitely uh, we'll be sitting at a meal planning our next two meals yeah uh so we both love the dining aspect we love restaurants we love the creativity of food we like creating together so restaurants are definitely uh, it's become something unexpectedly in my life uh passion uh for sure and if i was ever to get out of this business i don't think i'd ever lose that passion for the business right um so yeah that's really cool that like it's just become you know like something that you've like you do with your wife and your family and like 
especially travel, travel is such a big part of it and food. There's so many places that you might not have gone to, but if there's a, but you've heard there's a killer restaurant yeah. there or killer, like a dessert place or whatever it is, yeah. like we have to go check this place. Out. And that's what me and my wife before COVID, of course, mm-hmm. uh, we'd always try to have something on the books, like every six months to seven months, we'd have to have something on the books yeah. to work for. Um, especially I think whenever you become the owner, you can't really, you are the owner. There's nobody yeah. else's job I can take. Right. Uh, at that point, it's what am I working for? Uh, sure. What am I working towards? You can always say I'm working for my family. But, yeah, yeah. Uh, but you say stuff like small yeah. little goals exactly. or little like, dates. Right, so like let's, I'm working we're going to go to Napa Valley in, yeah. in August. Let's you know bust it out and create memories. And, yeah. And uh, so that's kind of the what what we really get a lot of joy out of and I've got bucket list cities yeah. for food like Charleston is something that I still is not I've not got to go to Charleston okay and uh, I know the Why food scene so I just know the food scene's good and okay. uh, plus it's a pretty place and so yeah. it's on my bucket list okay um, of course going to Napa because of the wine, wine and, yeah. and Sonoma and now I've had the opportunity to go back a couple times yeah um, New Orleans is a, such a fun city yeah. um, and great place to eat uh, New York, mm-hmm. I knocked that one out going and eating and made yeah. my way through New York. And so we do a lot of, uh, eating yeah. and is there traveling. any really like underrated places that like you've been to that were amazing uh, that shocked you just recently? Uh, well, I say recently about two years ago, we were in Indianapolis Okay. and Indianapolis has a great food scene that really? I was, uh, pretty shocked okay. to see. Um, but yeah, so that was a lot of fun getting in there. And then after we left, we were like, holy crap. Yeah. It was actually me and my sister uh, flew into Indianapolis, mm-hmm. spent the day, and then drove over to uh, my little sister graduated from University of Illinois. So, okay. uh, and then graduated again, or did her uh, master's as well. So we went mm-hmm. back. and But I, we left Indianapolis going, holy crap. Yeah. That food scene was yeah. on point. So That's one, I think, like, and, and me, like I preface this by like, I'm not a big... I don't know a lot about food, right? So, I, from a, like a professional standpoint, I'm not like a food blogger, or writer, or like mm-hmm. anything like that. But everybody seems to say, and I think it's probably people who have an opinion like me who don't know much. Everyone seems to say that Oklahoma City is getting much better. Mm-hmm. Have you been down there? What do you think? Like, because um, the whole Tulsa Oklahoma City thing can be a bit of a like, you know, minefield. Oh, uh, we're better. Yeah, than oh, whatever. All I mean, stuff. Tulsa's cooler for but, sure. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> Simply um, prettier. Yeah, and I, uh, I sit on the fence because obviously. And we've always had a great food scene where they've yeah. always kind of sucked. Yeah. No. Exactly. <laughs> Just kidding, Oklahoma City. <laughs> but is there anything in Oklahoma City that you've had recently that you you kind of shocked you a little bit, or just to you be know, honest, time to get down there? I haven't had a whole lot of time to get down there. I know they've got some new great restaurants. Yeah. Uh, the times we've went. Um, you know, there's a few that I've been to that really kind of uh, impressed me. Mm-hmm. Um, and just the, it, it is now, it's fun to go to Oklahoma City right. and be able to stay at the Ambassador in Oklahoma City and then yeah. bounce around to some of their restaurants um, to where there really wasn't a whole lot to do down there. Uh, but I mean, now they've got just as much or more fun, entertaining restaurants yeah. than Tulsa. And actually, they probably have more. Yeah. Um, I know some of them are trying to come up here, right? I think Empire yeah. Pizza is coming up here. Yeah, and Empire. A bunch of some of the stuff. Um, and so, they've. I don't know. I just think it's it's such a well-rounded uh, uh, city uh, as far as Oklahoma City, and then Tulsa as well. I mean, yeah. it's, I think they both complement each other. You're not getting the same cuisine. Yeah. Tulsa got in a rut for a little bit of the, and it kind of frustrated me a little bit. Mm-hmm. 
that a lot of the entrepreneurs and young restaurant folks were kind of opening the same restaurant. Like you'd see a piece of joint yeah. open up and then you'd see two more. And it's like, and it was people that had the talent to do something besides that. Right. And it's like, they were just kind of following the normal trend. Yeah. Like where, it's working in one place. I will work exactly. over here. Exactly. And yeah. I, that's not how Tulsa was built as a food scene. Mm-hmm. And Oklahoma City wasn't doing that. They were yeah. all kinds of, they were taking risks. Restaurant owners were. Yeah. And uh, up until a couple of years ago, I think Tulsa kind of got that, broke those chains off a little bit. and. Sure great restaurants like you know Amelia's and Hodges Bend or uh, Low Woods and mm. Bohemia and other places like that started opening that were just different they didn't look the same they were a risk they, right? they were a yeah. risk you know um, Elliot with the McNally's group has always kind of pushed the envelope with different concepts sure. um, but it was just nice to see um, yeah that other restaurants were opening and not being that same old, because I truly think that's where Oklahoma City got their edge. Yeah, they were they kept progressing where Tulsa kind of got a little stagnant. Stuck with the like the pizza, burger, taco sandwich, whatever yeah. it is, like the, the standard kind of four exactly. or five things. But, exactly. So. Um, that's really cool. Uh, yeah, I think that you know people. It's with now with like COVID, people are like they jump in their car and they're driving more, right? Mm-hmm. So they're like they're doing more staycations. They may be staying. Like I said, the Ambassador Hotel in Oklahoma City, or they may be coming up here, and there's so many places to eat, right? Yeah. I mean, obviously, you want them to come and eat with you guys, mm-hmm. but like I said, there's so many attractions. You know, you have um, Gathering Place, and you have all this other cool stuff going on. It's it's really just a fun state to be in, isn't it? Well, it truly is, uh, and I like the, the direction that Tulsa and Oklahoma, and Oklahoma City and Oklahoma is going in as far as um, being you know, cleaning it up and, and creating a cool city. Um, and as far as the, our position in this whole thing, I always look at it, us being open breakfast, lunch, dinner, Mm -hmm. having a beautiful hotel above us. If I can get people, we already got people staying here. Um, we've, we're going to capture them for breakfast, lunch, or dinner most likely. Mm -hmm. And so if I can sell them on Tulsa, then I've got a guest that's coming back to Tulsa. So we have always kind of jokingly said we are like ambassadors to Tulsa. Yeah. We're constantly sending people to our favorite restaurants and mm-hmm. almost trying to convince people how cool Tulsa can be. Just so we know that they may not eat dinner with us that night. We may yeah. say, hey, you know what? Go over to, uh, you know, Bird and Bottle. Have yeah. a great glass of wine and a, and a great meal because I know you're going to enjoy that. Mm-hmm. Um, and and you're going to come back yeah. and next time you're in Tulsa have dinner with us and, right. and kind of the same deal if they're going and want some recommendations for breakfast they're probably going to come back to the hotel and either have lunch with us or mm-hmm. have dinner with us that night especially if we can suggest something sure. that is in their in their wheelhouse yeah 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 alright I guess we'll we'll finish with this some value for people listening if they're going to come here give me uh, one meal that you suggest for breakfast lunch and dinner and then I guess a dessert as well Okay, so if you're coming in for breakfast, um, personally, I uh, you can't go wrong with the eggs Benedict. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know that's a classic, classic, classic dish, but uh, I just love a good old eggs Benedict. We have nice, big, thick cut uh, Canadian bacon with those over easy eggs, the great hollandaise, the big, a uh, little bit thicker uh, English muffin. And then our house potatoes are on point. Yeah. Um, if you're coming in for lunch, personally, I like the turkey Reuben or the burger. You okay. can't go. I, yeah, you can't go wrong. Can't that go wrong with that so burger. Good. But uh, something different besides the burger would be that turkey Reuben. It's just yeah. we have a um, jalapeno sauerkraut 
that we put on the uh, the Reuben with a, a, a spicy uh, Thousand Island and the beautiful marbled rye, and so it's really tasty. All of our fries are hand cut, and so you can't go wrong there. And then uh, if you're coming for dinner, our signature dish is the beef Wellington. You're not really getting it anywhere else, really anywhere. Yeah. Uh, but it's such a, a solid. Uh, so the beef Wellington's hard to pass up. Mm-hmm. And then your dessert go to? Uh, well, I would, bread I pudding, mean, you would right? say the pralines, uh, yeah. but uh, that's because all I've had. Right? Yeah, yeah, but you know, the bread pudding's just been a staple for so long. Okay. There's no nuts, no raisins. It's just pure bread. Even though I do a good, I have a white chocolate kind of throughout it, and then yeah. a uh, white chocolate ganache over the top. And uh, so it's uh, it's, it's my tasty. Already. Yeah, and then you awesome. gotta have a nice glass of wine with it. Exactly. So. Uh, well, mate, I really appreciate your time. Really appreciate you having me up here, yeah. having me at the uh, the restaurant, and then Nora as well for having me at the hotel. I had a great experience, uh, and we'll definitely be back. And the one thing that Nora said was that I could bring my dogs back. So yeah, like, try out our uh, puppy menu. We have yeah, a puppy menu is, for the patio. Yeah, yeah, which is awesome. So I definitely gotta try that out. Um, but for everyone listening, go to Chalkboard Tulsa on Instagram, and then as uh, it just chalkboard website uh, chalkboard tulsa on facebook and then uh the chalkboard tulsa uh, website as well that has all of our menus and yeah come in have breakfast have lunch have dinner have a drink have dessert you'll have a great time thanks for listening we'll catch you next episode cheers thank you for listening we are inspired by those around us and hope that you are too Make sure you subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review so we can keep telling your stories. For more great Oklahoma content, follow This Is Oklahoma on Facebook and Instagram.